Before we hear today's career journey, I'd just like to give a quick shout out to Podcorn. Podcorn is a new way to connect podcasters like myself with advertisers that are relevant to his or her channel, such as Learn From Others. Podcorn's site is super easy to navigate, and I receive updates when there are new opportunities. If you're a podcaster, be sure to check them out at podcorn.com. Being able to find supporters that align with my goals of sharing career journeys with the next generation will ensure this podcast will go on well into the future. Now, on to our next career journey. This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest calling in from Laguna Beach, Wes Gear. How you doing, Wes? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great as well. I love the sound of the ocean in the background. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the sun popped out, so I figured I was driving home to do our podcast, and then I was thinking, man, I'd love to sit at the beach and get some sun. And I thought, well, why can't I sit in the sun and do the podcast? That's awesome, man. Multitasking. Well, before you tell us what you're actually doing today, if you would, tell me what you wanted to be when you grew up. Um, well, the first time I feel like I thought that I can't even remember feeling like I knew what I wanted to be, it was to, to be a rock star. But uh, for me, it wasn't, I don't know, I don't really think it was attached to, maybe it was, I don't think it was attached to like people uh, idolizing me or anything like that it was more like i just love music i wanted to create music i wanted to play music in the live setting i liked the idea of creating and sharing my art with large crowds of people yeah that's really awesome now you wanted to be a musician when you grew up well tell us what do you do today uh, i'm still a musician um it just took some um, different manifestations i i i well, we'll probably get into that, but I played with Korn, and then that gig was going away as the original guy came back to his spot in the band, and so I was uh, trying to figure out at that time how can I use my passions and love for music, and then I kind of changed the paradigm, which was to ask the universe, you know, if this is who I am um, in the world, surely I'm not sent here to suffer and struggle financially, so I asked. God or the universe, name isn't important to me, whatever you want to call it, um, how can I help people and make a living with my art? And so that gave me the idea to do this thing called Rock to Recovery, which started out as a nonprofit where I get people to play music as a form of healing. And uh, it's basically a music therapy company that started small and has done incredibly big, awesome things. Yeah, so if you would, kind of walk us from when you wanted to be a you know, a rock star, let's say, and then your career path from there, because you did succeed at that. And then what was the trigger or the idea to do the recovery aspect of it? Could you tell us kind of your path and some of the stuff you were faced with and the challenges you faced that brought you to today? Yeah, well, you know, I, somebody was just telling me, hey, my nephew wants to get into music and da-da-da, will you talk to him? Maybe you could tell him, you know, give him a a voice of it can be done, you know, and inspire him. And I was like, I'm happy to do that. But 
for me, it was the opposite. I had my friends, we used to call it make it. Like, you don't think you can make it, right? We had to get record deals, right? In this world, it's very much everything. Everything is much more DIY and entrepreneurial. The bigger corporate world is waning to the individual, um, no matter what your career is. But, you know, so for me, my friends would go, you don't think you can make it, do you? And I would turn on the radio and go, I, I'm pretty sure I can do that, you know? And so what, I, what I'm getting at is, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't a choice, you know? I mean, there's parts along the journey where you're trying to write a record and you're not inspired and you've got to just pick up the guitar. And for anybody listening to this, I think what our goal is when we're hearing stories of others is we look for the similarities. So, you know, maybe you're an art student or you're a builder or you're a dentist. We're not going to be inspired all the time. Sometimes we just got to pick up the, the book or the work and get into it. But for me, it wasn't really a choice. And then I think of, like, stories I've heard of guys like NBA stars who are down at the gym, you know, shooting a 1,000 free throws, you know. So I, I don't know that they're, like, so much – I think there's some element of personal choice, but I think it's, like, having such passion and such desire to get where we want to go, or at least in my case where I wanted to go, that I, I became really obsessed with it. And, I, and I, I think that that could be potentially disheartening to people listening because maybe like, well, I'm not passionate about anything. And that's okay, too. I wasn't for, you know, periods of my life as well. Uh, but it was basically doing the work, really committing to it, and I was playing guitars eight hours a day and practicing and being a self-starter. And then I would ask people who had careers that I really, like, admired or, you know, thought, wow, what a neat career, like the guy that edited our video. Now, keep in mind, this is late 80s, so to edit video, you had to have giant computers and all this stuff. I was like, wow, how'd you get to be a video editor? And he's like, man, I just did it. And, and you know, it's, even though it's a Nike cliche, that's what it is, is just do it, man. You know, and uh, so I was just in this inspirational seminar landmark forum over the weekend, and we were talking about, you know, people's stories, and, and I was thinking, you know, and about going on through doubt and everything, I was thinking, man, I had so many crappy bands that didn't go anywhere, so again, to, to make that go into the world of similarities, it's okay if you're trying to be a writer, and you work at a paper, and it doesn't work out, and then you try to do some online column, and that doesn't, we just, we just do it, we keep going forward, and I think, I kind of think, uh, if you think of that famous, you know, Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo right. painting of God reaching out to man, I really think that's how the universe works. You know, I don't know what's going to happen a lot of times when I take action, but I know something can happen, and I really trust and have faith that the universe or God or whatever, you know, manifestation, law of attraction will, will work in my favor, you know, and so... Uh, yeah, I'm, I just, you know, I just kept doing it and I didn't give up. And I saw enough response to what I was doing as I went from being a 15-year-old guitar player to having my first band to this and that. Enough uh, response from people that gave me enough inspiration to keep going. So now when do you feel like you made it professionally as a guitarist? When was that moment? Was there one? You know, again, back then, now we're going into the 90s. You still needed a record deal. And so uh, my first band to get a record deal, we were a little older, um, mid to late 20s than most bands, we felt. So we felt like, you know, we were kind of like, we were really insecure. Like, is it too late for us starting yet another new band? And uh, and so, but we created something that started really attracting people and selling out clubs everywhere. 
And so we got that first record deal, and that was the first sign of like, but I think it would happen before then. My friend's dad was, uh, he managed some big artists. He's kind of a legend in the 80s in the music biz. And I, of course, showed him all my crappy bands, and he'd always go, that's nice, Wes. Good job. You know, I could tell, like, <laughs> it wasn't even resonating. And then I remember one day playing him, and this band was still really crappy, but I did this ripping dual harmony guitar solo, and it was recorded really well. And, and it was some really, uh, what's the word? I don't know. It was pretty impressive guitar playing. Um, and he was like, wow, that's you? And then I knew, like, you know, like, okay, now I got the ear of the guy who has the ear for my right. playing. So that that was a big moment. But until we got the record deal, that that was really it. Yeah, so how did you transition and started to do the Rock for Recovery? Like, what made you say, hey, I can use music to benefit others in a positive way? Right, so we got a, I took, we got a, we're going to tell that part of it, and it's Rock to Recovery, T-O, um, is the name of the, the organization. So I, I toured for a long time and I struggled with addiction and really bad. And I ended up in a treatment center and I got sober and I thought my career with music was done. You know, again, this was me telling the universe how I thought it was going to go. How do I know what the future holds? But I kept doing, which the cool thing about like people, if you hear people in recovery and, and stuff like that, we come from really dark, hopeless places. And then we, oftentimes find this miraculous success and transformation. But the way we get there is the same way the rest of the world can get there. And what it is was like, you know, having a routine of spiritual practices and prayer and meditation and asking for guidance and trying to, trying to connect more to source than to fear and worry, you know, connect to the things that make you feel good rather than get run around by all the thoughts of doubt and, and you know, impending doom and potential failure so uh, you know when i got sober i didn't think i would ever do music again you can't do music sober because i I just attached it to all the partying and that wasn't the case uh i decided after uh, about six years sober it's actually i got sober and i got loaded again at almost three years and i was sober again a couple years so it's like second bout of sobriety but into recovery for about almost six years and i started meditating like i want to play music again this is it's too painful to not play. I really want to. And I didn't know what that was going to look like because I wasn't going to get back in a van and play in some punk band. You know, I was about 40 years old at the time. I wasn't going to go out like some 23-year-old and be with a bunch of smelly boys in a van broke. <laughs> right. Uh, so I had kind of some terms. And uh, so I started meditating, doing this awe meditation. It's Wayne Dyer did it. He's since passed on, but we literally go ah while you meditate and visualize what you want to attract in your life i want to attract get back into music and i swear to you all this weird i could tell you endless stories but for sake of time all this weird serendipitous alignment stuff started happening and within 10 days of wanting to get into my music career back into music in some way i got a text from corn from monkey asking me to come play guitar with them and i hadn't spoke to uh the corn guys uh, in years and years and years. So, you know, you could say, well, that's just a coincidence. Like, okay. Um, right. So that's, that's how I got back into music. And then, like I said at the beginning of the broadcast, I was in that. I got to tour around the world totally. So when that gig was going away and I felt, you know, some self-pity for losing this super rock star gig and going back to, like, what is my job and what's my career, I just asked, how can I be of service and be a musician and be of service to the world? Which, again, that's something we get a lot of in recovery 
But I think that people who aren't in recovery, who live great, inspired lives, just come to that automatically. For us who struggle with addiction, we kind of got to be taught how to, like, get out of yourself and stop making everything about you and the car and the chick and what you need. And you find that people who have great success in life, um, you know, there's some jerks and people who feel like they're evil out there in the business world for sure. But these people you hear these incredible stories are people who've really made their business model about serving others, whether you're a waiter, a chef, a cop, a doctor, you know, we're really out there offering a service to people in almost every aspect of what we do. And so when I brought that in the, into the equation, I feel like the whole, like, skies opened up. Um, I started doing this music therapy in a treatment center in an effort to get the utilization of music to be more present and proliferated throughout the world. And at first it was very raw. It was me by myself. I was scared. I didn't know how it was going to work. I just had a kind of a rough concept. If, and, I, and fast forward from there, I pitched it for five months. People would go, that's a great <laughs> idea. You want to hire me? No. Just like the bands, man. But I didn't give up. And I like to say this, too. It wasn't so, so much out of virtue as desperation, or it wasn't out of virtue but out of, you know, need, you know, circumstance more than virtue that forced me to press on. So I'm not trying to say I'm like Mr. Spiritual Guy that I just don't give up. I didn't give up because I had no other choice, and I had to push on. So finally after five months, somebody hired me, and it was very raw. But they believed in me and they gave me a chance. And fast forward, now I got, you know, 13 employees. We do 500 sessions a month. We got a contract with the Department of Defense to work with uh, Air Force and other wounded veterans. We just today picked up a a contract with the Navy. Um, We started because I'm a sober guy. I, I created these sober events to fund our nonprofit where we honor guys like Corey Taylor from Slipknot and Stone Sour and Mike Ness from Social Social. Katie Seagal from Married with Children. So really it was the, the asking, where do you want me? How can I help others that continue to manifest and take my passion and what I care about and bring it into a world in a very powerful way? Yeah, that's really amazing. And typically right now I'd ask, what is your typical work week like? Could you tell me more about like the type of sessions you have and the events you host? You just kind of rattled off a bunch of them. But what, what are the different forms in which your recovery programs take shape yeah so now i'm running the company i have uh rock recoveries manifested into a radio show slash podcast i'm trying to be a visionary for the company we're writing a book about the work we do it's really about taking the seed and seeing how big we can grow this thing how big the tree is how many branches without being greedy or overzealous or, or whatever but in more of a motivation to reach and help more people so now i'm uh i'm not running sessions like i used to my week is spending a lot of time reading, meditating, learning, growing, and asking for guidance. I think that's a big one. I think so many people don't do that enough is like kind of create space and go, where do you want me? I spend a lot of time doing that and booking podcasts and, and, and doing stuff like this and getting out there and going to marketing events, um, practicing guitar. I still have another band called Human coming out, which is H-U-3-M-3-N, like Nancy. Um, so I'm still keeping creative, but I'm a business owner. And so it's my job to be a visionary and create an environment, um, for my employees, uh, that is a great work environment. So they feel loved and supported. And then I have to not, you know, I could collect income and be lazy, but I feel inspired to continue to create 
um, a strong organization. And, and if you remember at the beginning of the, po- of the recording, whatever, my goal was to think about my legacy and create something that could live beyond my years and still help people. So after I'm dead and gone, I want Rock Recovery still out there helping people. So we're looking at – it's a very unique model we have. Um, it's a very unique brand of music therapy, so I'm looking to make a very strong organization that can stand the test of time, which gets into, like, taxes and corporations and all insurances and all this annoying, unfun stuff. And also <laughs> right. to look who, where can we reach? Like, who can we reach? Now, we started in addiction and mental health, but we just did this uh, Pretenders Dance uh, studio, which works with young girls, and we wrote a song with them that they wrote and recorded, uh, and then they danced to it so it keeps turning into beautiful wonderful manifestations um so yeah it's multifaceted yeah there is and it just keeps on growing it sounds like so that's really awesome it's really great to look at your legacy creating something that will impact others for generations to come i think that's a really great great way to look at your career well that's really cool and for the record i want all my podcasts to have crashing waves and seagulls in the background i think that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know what it sounds like on your end i know these little headset mics tend they're like compressor mics so they make quiet things louder so hopefully it doesn't sound like i'm in a torrential tsunami or something as a reminder you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org and if you're an educator or student you can search for podcasts by career cluster so we learned what you wanted to be when you grew up which was a rock star and what you actually do today which is a large part of that as well as your recovery efforts so looking back on your career what would you do differently you know i that's that's hard because it splits me right down the middle i believe everything happens for a reason I believe we learn more in our losses than our victories. I would, you know, just on a spiritual, conceptual, existential uh, level, I really wouldn't want to change anything because it made me who I am. Um, I guess if there's something, I would say that I would have wished that I handled my addiction earlier. But again, I'd still be stuck in that band with that singer who is nowhere near getting sober, and he's just a dark energy, so... But anyhow, I guess, you know, getting sober sooner would have been nice and because uh, I love this life. It's great to, to lead an inspired life. Yeah, that's great to recognize that. Well, let's talk to the students out there. If someone wanted to do what you do now, I'm interested to see how you define this. What advice would you give them? Now, that could be as a music therapist, as a recovery expert, as an entrepreneur. you got a lot of facets to what you're doing here. So what advice would you give someone? You know, as as much as we could say, like, well, you know, that's, I, you know, if somebody's listening, they want to be a lawyer, and they're like, well, this guy's got nothing for me. I, I disagree. I think it's all the same. I think it's about taking action, you know, and I, I think that's really where we activate ourselves, where, you know, this, this universe runs on frequency and vibration, and when we take action, the universe meets us at where we're at. So if, you know, if you, and, and you know, the, the way even any career realm changes, never ending. So, you know, to say like, this is what I did, do what I did. I don't know if there's any career where you want to follow somebody else's exact template. You know, I think it's about getting out there and creating your own version of your own story of success. Sure. Maybe, you know, I, if you want to be a great guitar player, you got to play guitar, you know, a number of hours a day, like I did. Um, You know, I could give tips about fighting musicians and, you know, what I did, but I just think it's going to be different for everybody. 
So I think it's really about the, the thing I would suggest is it's about uh, believing in yourself, believing that anything is possible because anything is possible. Um, we all have voices of doubt, all of us. Every song I've written, even ones that are on the radio, partway through I, I think, this song sucks, I should just delete it. <laughs> so we all have those moments. We all have the moment of like, what the F am I even doing this for? Is this really what I want to do? But it's, you know, it's knowing that those moments are going to come and they're going to pass. And, you know, we live in a great, I mean, there is just a seagull party going on here. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, we live in a time of great resources. So, you know, where I used to have to read magazines and send away for cassette tapes, you got YouTube and Google and you can find the state of the art status quo on anything you want to do. And that's really the life hack. I, I, you know, school and universities and all that kind of stuff is great. I, you can get invaluable knowledge and degrees and stuff, but nothing keeps up, nothing moves quicker with the times than the internet. So I think that we can all learn from like whatever you're into, get on YouTube and look what the state of the art is, you know, and, and in that way you can see where the bar is. I think a lot of times people try to do stuff and they're kind of stuck in like the old version of how it's done. You know, maybe you're an athlete. Okay, well, what what's the state of your sport now versus how it was back then? You know, so it's about staying current, staying current, staying in action, and using the resources that are that are available to you. Yeah, that's really great advice, and I think it's really key. You know what? Get started. Do something. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean you're not going to fail and you know have struggles because you've obviously had struggles starting this up. Starting something is the first step. Yeah, there's a great there's a great saying, and I'll probably mess it up, but it's it's something like uh, the master or the expert or whatever has failed more times than the student has even tried. So, so many times when we're younger, we're new, we see where we want to go, we see the top of the mountain, and you're like, how do you get up the top of the mountain? It's like, dude, it took me 10 years, and I fell, and I tripped, and I hurt myself. You know what I mean? And we got to remember the people who get where they're at is because they were okay with failing again and again. And, and to me, really, this, this thought of, like, perfection or failure, it's none of it's real. You know, there's no such thing as failure. I think the only failure is is to let your fear beat out your passion. Like, if there's something you really want to do and you don't do it because you're scared, to me, that's a failure. But trying to do it, starting a business because you dream of doing it and losing out or – getting a law degree and going, I hate practicing law and going into something else. It's not a failure. You went after it because that's what you felt was right at the time. And there must be a reason that you're there. And it's going to be part, it's going to be an important chapter of your story that you're going to take into other stuff. You know, I left my first band and I got a day job with my brother doing all this computer stuff and I hated it, but it taught me the stuff I needed to know. So when I started my own business, I had the skill. So, yeah, that's really amazing. Well, are there any current projects you're working on that you would like to share? Do you have any events coming up you'd like to tell everyone about? There's no events, but, uh, you know, Rock to Recovery is, is helping heal all sorts of people. You know, addiction and the opiate epidemic and mental health and suicides is uh, it's such a hot-button topic. And uh, so you can find us on the Internet. It's Rock, R-O-C-K-2-T-O, Recovery. I know you know how to spell recovery. You can give us a follow or a like on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's a big way you can support us. 
Um, you can share, you know, hey, you might know somebody who's a musician or struggling out there. Um, you can, you know, with a couple keystrokes, you can share uh, about us with somebody who might need to know about it. Um, that's really where it's at. And then, you know, I got this new secret project. Like I said, human. We're on Instagram, H-U-3-M-3-N. Sounds kind of like Radiohead meets Bob Moses meets I, I don't know what. But, uh, yeah, that's what we're working on now. Um, and we always check our DMs. We get hit up by a lot of people who are musicians struggling or people struggling with addiction or whatever, and we're happy to help and connect. And it's really one thing I've learned is it's about your network. You know, when uh, I created Rock Recovery, all my employees were guys I used to play music with and tour with. So what we learn from most every successful people person you ever hear is that their success had to do with their network, their network of friends, their network of teachers, their network of supporters, their network of colleagues, and that's a huge key. So Yeah, no, that's really great. Great advice. Well, thank you so much for taking us on your career journey today, Wes. Hey, time nobody wanted to hear a thing that came out of my mouth. It's an honor and privilege to get to share what I've been taught by many great teachers. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.